0: Uh, if you've been with me, I'll be today with you and then I have to do a seminar for junior high. Normally I do Sunday, Monday, but I'll do Sunday, Tuesday and we'll mix it up a little for fun uh, this week. And uh, I'm doing a what if series. What if these things are really true that the Bible says and, and do we actually live as if they are? Because it's really hard. It, in our culture, it's real easy to have stuff in our head. We know this, but then we don't act like we know it. And that's really a weird time. It's kind of like, I was talking this morning with Ryan about how communication at this time in history is the worst ever. Yet we have the most ways to do it. We've never had as many ways to communicate with somebody as we do right now. And yet nobody seems to be able to communicate well. And it could be because we have so many ways. I mean, you can, I don't know how many times I said, I emailed you, I don't use email, I'll text you, don't use that, use Facebook Messenger. It's like, okay, fine. Before you know it, there's 400 ways. I don't even know what ways you use. Um, Sometimes smoke signals work, I guess. I'm not 100% sure, but we suffer not because we don't have the means, but maybe because we have so many of them, and because we get so many messages, while I've been talking to you so far, my phone has been vibrating on and off. So I ignore it. That's why I don't get communicated with. So it's kind of interesting. The Bible, the same thing. We've never had a time in history where knowing the Bible could be so easy. Never. You can listen to it. You can read it on your iPad. You can read it on paper. You can have somebody read it to you somewhere. If you listen to it 15 minutes a day, you'll you'll hear the whole Bible in a year. It's really, we have the easiest time in history to know what the Bible says. Yet we have more people that don't know what it says. So you look at it and you go, okay, what is the real issue here? What is going on? So with this summer, as I do what if, I'm just saying, well, what if this is true? And some of you might be going, yeah, I know it's true. And uh, we're okay. I know it's true, but, but, you know, I'm not sure why you're talking about it. So today it's what if the only way to be fulfilled is by being a servant of God and others? What, What if the only way of being fulfilled in life is actually being a servant? That's anti-American. I mean, what if the only way you will ever be satisfied in life is if you're a slave? That's what it says. What if God made you to be that way and you'll never be okay until you are that way? What What if Satan is really trying to get us so comfortable that we think we're in a good position when other people serve us? What if that's not the way life is supposed to be? And maybe that's why in America there's a record number of people that are anxious and depressed and angry because they're trying to do something they're not even wired to do. It's interesting. When we talk about servant in the Bible, I think the translators were kind to us in the United States of America by not using the word slave. Because the real word should be slave, not servant. Servants, more about connotation of a slave is, is owned. But, but when you look at the Bible and you see those who actually got it, and I'll mention them later, these apostles, they, they kept saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a slave, I'm a slave, I'm a slave. And they were, they were thankful that they were. The, the interesting thing is they lived in a time where they understood slavery. They understood what they were actually saying. When you and I say it, we have to go to the book. We have to go to a book and figure out what slavery is. We have to figure out what's acceptable and what's not in slavery, whatever it might be. And of course, slavery to us is never acceptable. With the idea of, you know, so we have to look at it. We have to help define it. We have to figure it out. Well, these guys, when they wrote about it, this was—they understood exactly what they were saying. It, it, the difference, of course, is it's a bond slave. A bond slave is somebody who chooses to be a slave, not somebody who's forced to be a slave. However, slavery is still slavery. That, that's still the same word. So there comes a time, if, if I was a slave to somebody, that I would be set free, or I would say, no, I don't want to be set free. This is the life I want. You are such a great master. You see, the thing is, if, if I'm a good slave, and I do what I'm supposed to, I have no worries in life. It's an akuna matata life. I have no worries. I I don't, because you're going to take care of them all if I'm a good slave. I don't have to worry about where I live. I don't have to worry about any expenses. I don't have to worry about any food. I don't have to worry about a, a thing. You treat your slaves like family. You treat your slaves well. I want to be your slave. That's the connotation. It isn't like we look at it where people abuse people and hurt people. And that's not the kind of slavery. It's slavery by choice, and when you look at it, you say, oh, you mean God made us to be that kind of person? He did. You know, in Mark ten forty three forty five, 43, 45, it, it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you, who's ever gonna be great, when, when God calls somebody great, you, he, you must be your servant, your, Slave, really. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. When God, the the creator and sustainer of the universe, came to show us how to live, remember, that's what he did. He showed us how somebody lives who actually knows God. And actually knows the plan. He had all the rights of being God. He didn't use them. He served. He gave. He loved. He cared. If Jesus was around and you were poor, it's a good time to be around. If you were sick, good time to be sick if you're around him. like Because he cared. He gave. He gave his wife. It's interesting, of course, that word is doulas, and it does mean slave. Interesting in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 from the Wees translation, or do you not know that your body is an inner sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own. You're not your own. That's the description of a slave. See, if I'm a slave and I get up in the morning, I'm a slave. I'm, you know, Micah's slave. So I get up in the morning. What I'm waiting for is orders from Micah. Now, he might have given to me before I went to bed. So when I get up, I know what I'm doing. And when I'm done with that, I go to Micah and I ask him, what's next? And if I'm a good slave, that's what I do. I'm not my own. If you were to come to me, And I was a good slave. If if you saw that, you would never actually compliment me. What you would do is you'd say, who owns you? Back in that culture, that's what you would do. Who owns you? Why? Whoever it is is getting the best out of you. I'd say, Micah. Micah, he owns me. And you'd go, he's got to be a good master. Why? Look at you. Look what you love serving him. You're faithful to him. I got to meet this guy, Micah. I want to know what he does. So all of a sudden, my slavery, slavehoodness, servanthood, whatever you want to call it, is reflecting on Micah. You know, know, it's really interesting. If you go through the Bible, what you realize is that you are going to be a slave to something. You are. So there's certain things that God created in us to make sure that... One of the things is, and it's very similar to this, you're all going to follow. Because you were not created not to follow. You were created actually to follow. Ultimately, you follow God. That's why Satan keeps getting in there with imitations. Follow this person, follow that trend, follow this. Satan keeps getting you to follow anything else other than God because you were created to Follow. That's why the word sheep is used in the Bible and shepherd is used for God. Because you were made to follow. Now, some of you are saying, I don't follow anybody. You do. You may not follow anybody, but then you're going to follow your feelings. You're going to follow your emotions. You're going to follow your guts. You're You're going to follow something. So, since you're all followers, what you have to be careful about is choosing who you follow. And that's why when you grow up, sometimes parents say, you know, your peers can be very influential on you. Yeah, my peers at 65 can be very influential on me. That never ends. Why? Because in here somewhere, way in here, in the brain, in the heart, wherever it is, I'm a follower. Oh, no, you're a leader, Dave. I'm a follower, just like you are. And what I have to do is consciously follow God. And Satan, I have to understand, is constantly trying to get in my brain to get me to follow something else. Likewise, I'm a servant. I'm a slave. I'm a doulos. That's what I am. Satan is going to continually try and get in my head and make me think that being a doulos, being a slave, that's a second-class citizen. Oh, you know what? You can call me second-class all you want, but you've never served Micah. I have a great life. <laughs> hmm. See? Because of Micah, I have a great life. And I think you'd be silly not to be his slave. Because right? you get treated right by that guy. See, that's what you're saying about God. And that's why these guys identify with it because that's how we're made. Because when people look at it, they go, how can you be happy being a slave, honestly? Have you met my master? (laughs) You'd be happy to. You met him? You'd be cool. Oh, I don't understand. I'm going to live without him. Good. Try. You can't match what he can give you. And you weren't made to do it. You were made to be a slave. Don't you know that you're not your own? Once you're a believer, the Holy Spirit lives within you, you're no longer, you're, you're his. There are things that you were made to do. As I said, you were made to love. Look look what the Bible says. I mean, Jesus summarizes you love God, you love each other, you love. That's what you were made to do. So when you don't love, by the definition in the Bible, when you don't love, you're going to be miserable. Promise? Because that's now you're living outside the context of the way it's meant to be. You were made to be a follower. And I talked about that. And you were made to be a slave. Those are three things that you were made to be. So if you're going to function correctly... Those three things are three things you do, and all of those can be distorted by the way and and if you look how Satan works, if you just think how the enemy would work, he would say, "I understand the importance of love, so i 'm going to try and mess that definition up and if you go into our world today and you try and figure out what love is, you 're all messed up because the definition's all everywhere. I'm just going to word use the word cattywampus, but I don't think you guys use that word. Do you use that word? It's an old word, but but the definition is crazy and trying to figure it out. The, the second thing is okay. Satan's going to go. Okay, I know you got to be a follower. I know, I know that. So I got to get you to follow this cause or that person or this thing or why? Because the only danger you are to the evil one, the only danger is if you follow God. You don't care if you follow anyone else. I love reading uh, stories of people from Voice of the Martyrs. And I would suggest any of you want to read anything that's intriguing, find anything that the Voice of the Martyrs puts out and read it. It's usually very readable, short chapters, and it's just about people around the world who love God and what happens to them. When I was in Africa, I was amazed at the love that the people had for each other and for God and for me. I I looked in their homes. They were probably 10 by 10 dirt floor, dirt walls. And probably had a family of eight living in it. They made sure I was cared for. I never saw these families sad. Sad. They would walk out of their homes at night and they would cook for their family in front of the house with a charcoal fire with everybody else. And if the neighbors didn't have enough for their food for the day, they'd share it with them. And by the time they were all done, there was no food for tomorrow. They didn't have any refrigerators. They didn't have any electricity. I've never met a more joyful people in my entire life. I come back to the United States of America and I am surrounded by a bunch of miserable people. And the contrast in my brain was like, what is going on here? Why is it that people in our country have to take medication to be okay? What do these Africans know? What is it that they know that we're missing? There's three things you're made to do. You fight these three things, you're gonna be miserable. Or you you get them off course. You love the wrong stuff. You can love what you should use, and you can use what you should love. I've talked about that. You follow the wrong thing, emotions, wrong person, wrong whatever. You spend all your time doing it, waste of time. You you enslave yourself. Some of you are enslaved to the Internet. Some of you are enslaved to media. Some of you are enslaved to pornography or something. You know, But once you're enslaved to something else, you're not enslaved to God anymore. Philippians 2, 1-5. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind. It's interesting how the Apostle Paul says, you know how you can make me happy? Think like God thinks. He isn't saying, give yeah, me money, give me mean, No, I, I just want you to follow God. Think like God thinks. Be of the same mind. Having the same love. Being full accord of one mind. Do nothing, do nothing, do nothing. He says, nothing. That's the word. It's not even hard to understand. Do nothing. Nothing from what? Selfish ambition or conceit. Oh, slaves don't think about themselves. That's one thing they don't do. They are always thinking about the master. I know, you know, it's really hard in our country to talk about this because we don't use the word slave, we don't want to use it, we think it's bad, agreeable. how we did it in the United States, how they did it in Britain, how they did it, yep, it is. But that doesn't erase the concept that God's trying to put here and, and in fact could be used by Satan to get it confused so we don't know what we're doing anymore. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourself. If you ever met someone who's a... Good servant or slave. They he's he's the man that's important right there. Right there. He's important. You see me, you're gonna see that Mike is important. Because I'm a good slave. You see me, you're gonna see God's important. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but the interest of others. That is the definition of being a slave. They get up in the morning and they 're looking at the interest of the master and what they want. It does not matter their own interest. it matters what the master wants, but also the interest of others. Have this, have this mind among you, which was among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus First Corinthians four, one and two this is how we should, this is how one should regard us as servants, slaves, doulos. Of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required that stewards be found faithful. The only thing a slave needs to do is be faithful to the master. Then they do everything right. It's wonderful. I was reading, I'm reading through another Voice of the Martyrs book of these guys. Most of them were imprisoned, uh, shot at, maimed, families murdered. They're the happiest people i ever saw in my life. They're in jail. They start jail ministries wherever they go. There's people coming to Christ. Some of the, the, the worst gangsters in these countries and drug lords and stuff. Are, there's a revival going on behind bars. Because every time they go and they're put in prison, they see it as a mission field. As a time to serve their master. But now behind bars. Kind of like the Apostle Paul when they tried to kill him. say kill me, you know, I win. See ya. Well, we he won't kill you. You win. Because then I get to tell you about Jesus. And then they had their committee meeting about how to bother him because he couldn't get bothered. Why? Because whatever my master has for me, I got. Wouldn't it be cool in life if there's nothing that could happen in this world that would derail your joy? And then you got to live like you were created to live. You have to. If you live trying to create your own joy, trying to make sure that you're God, that people serve you, that you're in a position, but you're going to be miserable because that's not how you were made. Proverbs 3, 5 to 7, trust in the Lord. Your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make straight your paths. You're not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, turn away from evil. These guys that go to prison in other countries because they, they just refuse to renounce Jesus. That's their crime. They go there, they, they think it doesn't make sense to their family. There's one wife of a guy that went to prison. They killed him in prison, and, and it, it took her a while, obviously. Well, actually, no, he got out of prison. This one got out of prison, he got shot in the living room and died. And it took her a while to figure out. I mean, she had the same questions you and I might have. God, why didn't she stop the bullets? Why didn't you? But then she started to hear of all the gangsters that came to Christ because of him. All the people that were boldly proclaiming the message because of the bullets he took. The revival that was going on in the Muslim community because of him. We don't always understand what God's doing. The Bible doesn't say make sure you understand the master before you listen to him. Just listen. He's the master. God is. And we need to listen to him. John 12, 26, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. That's not a very hard verse to understand. We were made to serve. Be careful you serve correctly. You serve because you want to point to the master. If you serve because you want personal recognition, if you serve because you... Are using people for your own benefit somehow? You're going to be miserable because that's not how you were made. Just a couple verses, real quick here. James one one, James identifies himself. James, a servant. Second Peter one one one, Simon Peter, a servant. Jude one one, Jude, a servant. Revelation one one, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him. To show, to show his servants, some people say they have a hard time understanding the book of Revelation, a hard time understanding the Bible. If you're a servant, you don't. Why? Because you're a servant. Oh, you may not understand everything. I understand that, but if Mike is my master, I don't need to understand everything he says. In time, it'll make sense. If I hang out with him long enough, serve him long enough, it'll make sense. I gotta give it time. But as his servant, I get to put life into context that his that he's given me. As God's servant, I get to be faithful to him, that's a privilege. And I get to be the one that shows the world who he is by how I serve. And that's what we were actually made to do. And the people that do that, they're the healthy ones. I know there's so many, my dad used to call them antinomies in the Bible. Antinomies are things that are, but seem to contradict them, they can't be. You're the most free when you're a slave. You're the happiest when you die to yourself. Those are antinomies in a way in the United States of America, but that's the way we are made. I encourage you, get in the Bible, look at these words. What if, what if actually you'll never be okay until you understand this idea of being a slave? And, and you understand how Satan's trying to get you to serve something other than God. And you get that straightened out. Oh, there are other areas that Satan could go after, no doubt. But this is one of them. And in the United States of America, it's a biggie that somehow we think people should serve us. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you that we have your word and that you tell us how we were made so that we can live in the context of the way we're supposed to be. I pray that you will be with this work crew, that you'll bless their time, keep them safe. Allow many kids that are here this week to understand and respond to your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.